listening to the Sandcast Beach Volleyball with Tri Bourne and Travis Mawerter, presented by Marriott Vacation Club Rentals and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. Before we get into the podcast itself, I wanted to give a little rundown on who you're listening to. I'm Travis Mawerter. I am not a professional beach volleyball player, but I like covering it, I like writing about it, and I write about it for VolleyballMag.com. I grew up on the East Coast. I was a journalism major in college before popping over to California because, frankly, I hate the snow. And then I ran into the beach, kind of loved it, so now I write about it, and now I get to talk about it with my boy, Tri Born. Yes, sir. You are a professional beach volleyball player, by the way. <laughs> Just your side job, side gig. Uh, how's it going, everybody? I'm Tri Born, um, professional beach volleyball player. Um, looking to bring a little insight from the... Uh, player's perspective to the podcast, sitting out these days from the sand, um, and I've been doing the AVP live stream commentary for them, so uh, really just uh, trying to take my beach experience that I've had over the last five years playing professionally on the beach, two years before that, indoors, playing overseas in Puerto Rico and Turkey, four years before that, playing at USC, and I'm originally from Hawaii, so I got a lot of insight, a lot of uh, volleyball experience and I'm um, looking looking forward to sharing it. And our, our goal with the podcast is to deliver you kind of news, features, insights from all aspects of the beach. We'll be bringing in some of the game's best players, but we'll also be bringing in some of the biggest influencers, some coaches. Uh, we were talking about bringing in some maybe sports psychologists. Pretty much um, with anyone tr- that try your, us. You're basically a sports psychologist at this point. Yeah, I guess so. Um, not really, but I'll, <laughs> I'll take that. I'll, I don't have a degree in it, but I have a little insight. And uh, yeah, we're just trying to, basically, we're just trying to bring up topics that interest us and we're going to dive into it and it's going to be fun. Yeah, it is. So, uh, so we appreciate you guys joining us here on the first episode and hopefully a lot more episodes down the road. We'll be publishing once a week, hopefully make your drive through the LA traffic uh, a little bit less insane. Uh, I know that 405 is probably backed up as we're speaking right now. Relax and listen. Just relax. No stress. You heard the man. Just relax and listen in to the first episode of The Sandcast. Welcome to episode one of The Sandcast, Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawerder. We are hanging out here in... How is Bali? Oh, dude. It's ridiculous. I can't even comprehend how great it was. I bet. So you just... You've had, I don't want to say like it's been a bad year, but because you just had that you're coming off like, yeah. you know, a life high, you know, you got yeah, married, yeah, which yeah. congratulations. Thank and you. then you, you're coming back from your honeymoon, but obviously you had just a, an absent year from beach volleyball. Yeah. It's like, how would you describe sort of the roller coaster? Oh man, it's, that's exactly what, it, what it's been. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Like at, at this particular moment, I'm, it kind of has been a great year in a lot of ways, um, but that's after being through a lot of these highs and lows, you know? Um, it's just been crazy. A lot of change in perspective. Um, basically, the way I would describe it is that you're kind of like in this tunnel vision, just like you have, you think you have like your path set for you this whole time, this last whatever, five five years that I've been playing pro beach. Um, and then even before that, like since you're younger, you know, you just dialed into like the, the system of, or the pipeline of volleyball in general, indoor or beach. And then all of a sudden it's like, 
stops and I'm just like, oh, wait, what, what's the real world like? Right. What the hell do I do? <laughs> uh, so I yeah, struggle with it a little, but uh, it's kind of cool now. It's like I'm really grateful for like the perspective I have now. And if I get back out there, then I'll definitely be better off. And I know, you know, you said it, it was a struggle, which obviously it, it must have been just having, like you said, you know, what do you do? Because beach volleyball is all you had done for the past, you know, half decade or so. But you made it work. I mean, you, you ended up taking on the live stream and doing a lot of pretty cool things aside yeah. from getting married. Yeah. yeah so yeah. You, you found a way to be constructive about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it actually surprises me. I kind of just took it day by day. Uh, now, looking back on it, I was still like kind of in that in that really work hard mindset, you know, coming off the Olympic year and all that, I had a lot of plans coming into this quad. And then before the quad even started for me, it's just stop. Right. <laughs> so I, but I had that mindset where I, I just, I just want to work hard. I just want to do something. So I went straight into the live stream and I was working hard at that and like reading books and learning as much as I could, like trying to take advantage of it. Um, but now I'm realizing that I, I can kind of chill out on that too. I don't need to stress out all the time and have to be productive all the time. Um, so I'm coming into a little new phase now of like trying to like learn to deal with all the stresses and be a little more mindful and uh, self-aware and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's been it's it's been cool. It's been fun. It's not that bad. There's been highs and lows, but um, I think. Uh, all in all, it's been a good experience. Yeah, and so I think that a lot of people probably don't know like exactly what happened. Yeah. I guess because like you know, if you have a, a broken leg, you know that's pretty obvious, right? You're walking around in crutches, but you know you were at all the events, so I guess it wasn't as easy to determine what the issue was. I guess just walk us through what exactly happened, even if you know, because I know that medical jargon yeah. can be pretty complicated. Oh, dude, totally. Um. Yeah, so, all right, I'll try to keep it. I could talk for, like, a whole day on this. I'd imagine. <laughs> it's, been, it's been crazy. But, uh, so let's just go back to, let's say, uh, um, Toronto, which was my last tournament I played in, right? Uh, me and John played the whole year. Uh, what? I think we played, uh, I played 19 events in 12 countries, trying to qualify for the Olympics. We qualify, Jake and Casey beat us, so they get to go. We have, we have to deal with that stress uh, in itself. Plus, Hayden was hurt and, you know, whatever. There's all these excuses you have in your head. Um, and then uh, we finished the year strong. Um, bronze medal at the World Tour Finals. And then uh, I got ankle surgery because I had, like, a cyst in my ankle that was just bothering me all year, and I got a cortisone shot earlier just to get me through the year. So we do that crazy whole year, tons of stress that I wasn't even aware that I had on myself. Um, and then I go straight into surgery and eating like crap because I just work so hard all year. Of course, I'm, I'm going to sit down and have some freaking milk some and donuts. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, we just went crazy. Um, and then I had surgery, too. So I'm on my ass, like sitting on the couch. My foot's in a boot. I had anesthesia pumping through me and antibiotics and... Um, and then, uh, you know, I recovered from it. Okay. Whatever. It was all standard stuff. Worked hard with the rehab and then, um, started feeling some weird sensations started with my hands, like a carpal tunnel kind of thing. And, uh, that was basically the beginning of my body saying, all right, try, you've, you've pushed me pretty hard, uh, for 
few years now, and uh, you're not listening to me, so I'm going to shut you down. And uh, there was just a slow process. Um, a few, over a few months, just got worse and worse, where my body started sending inflammation to, the, to everywhere. There was like it would to it for an injury, but it was sending it all over my body. So I got super stiff. Uh, like all my joints were hurting. Uh, it was hard to even, it got like to my hip joints to where it was hard to like stand up. Um, I lost all my energy kind of thing. And I was like still trying to grind and like that's just what I did, right? That's right. what you do as a pro athlete. You just screw it. I'm tired. Work through it. It hurts. Work through it. Um, but it got to the point where Hayden's like looking at me like, all right, dude, either you've been doing something bad this off season, like partying and not doing what you normally do or, or something's wrong. I was like, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm trying. It's, I'm doing what I do, like trying as hard as I can, but my body is just not going. Uh, so we finally got the blood test and um, uh, basically two days, I think, or a few days before um, Fort Lauderdale, the first Grand Slam of the year, which is huge. Right, in what, mid-February? Yeah, yeah. This yeah. past February? Yeah, exactly. So I did the whole off-season training. Like, the last month was just Fighting through, through all like, of this. I don't know what's happening, but screw it. Um, which sounds so dumb now in, in hindsight, like, that I don't listen to my body. But that's just the mindset that you get Hindsight's into as a professional athlete, right? Like, look at these football players crushing their heads into each other. And, like, they don't realize till after they're maybe, like, later in their career or retired, like, oh, that was kind of stupid. I have a whole life to live in this body. But anyway... Um, yeah, so a few days before, Doc's like, dude, don't get on the plane. Your liver's inflamed. You have inflammation everywhere. Don't get on the plane. It's dangerous. I was like, uh, but I just did all the work, like, for a few months and, and pushed through it, so it was twice as hard. But I listened, obviously, and uh, Hyden went with Doherty. They did well, actually. Uh, the rest is history. It just kind of got worse and worse over a few more months. Um, USOC, USA Volleyball was uh, real supportive. They gave me, you know, access to all their doctors and everything. I was under their medical insurance um, all year, actually. And uh, eventually, a few months later, we uh, they sent me to Utah, and it was, like, getting worse. We're like, well, I don't know what the hell is going on. Uh, they sent me to Utah to one of their top facilities, and they gave me a muscle biopsy where they cut my leg open. show you this decent little scar I have in my leg here. But uh, so I had leg surgery. It's where got a nice, had, nice purple color to it. Yeah, I don't know if I've been taking care of the scar very well, but yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. How do you take care of a scar? You're supposed to like rub it with oil and keep it out of the sun and all that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It's not like I care what a scar on my quad looks like. Um, but yeah, went to Utah. They gave me a muscle biopsy and they say I have a autoimmune disease called dermatomyositis, or a version of it, and uh, basically, yeah, it's just, there's, it's, I'm still trying to learn what exactly that means, but um, my muscle enzyme counts are way up, there's, my body's naturally sending inflammation into all over my body, so we had to get on some prednisone, which is a steroid, um, and we're kind of just doing trial and error with different uh, prescriptions and uh, different drugs and stuff to get the inflammation out. We got the inflammation out, um, but it uh, kind of came back at one point, so we had to go up higher on it, which pushes my whole time 
line back. Right. Um, and then I started working with a naturopathic doctor, uh, which interests me a lot more. Um, it's just going the natural approach. The yeah. way I see it is like the drugs can reverse the inflammation. Like it can bring the inflammation down, but it's not going to cure me. And the thing I'm learning about autoimmune diseases diseases now is that uh, you have to, your body has to reverse it. Your body's basically created it. It's attacking itself, right? So it's shutting me down. Um, so I can't just take drugs to, and have, think that the drugs are going to have my body reverse it and keep it right in the state it needs to be. I have to, you know, the drugs will help because it'll stop the inflammation and, and stop the damage. Um, but it's not going to, I need to be able to maintain it without the drugs, basically. So that's where the naturopath um, kind of approach comes in, where you're just giving your body, basically where I'm at is giving my body the ultimate healthy state, like, I'm doing everything I can, you know, eating clean. I just had a green juice. You just had your, some health juice, yeah. I like to call it. Ginger, turmeric, all this stuff, all the good stuff, um, all these supplements and herbs and stuff. Basically just trying to create that op optimal state for my body to heal itself and then be like, all right, fine, I'll, I'll snap out of it and give you your body back try and uh, <laughs> let you go have fun again. Um, but then there's also an another approach that I've been studying up on, which is the mental approach. So... You know, just like anything, uh, the way that you, your body or the way that your mind kind of uh, processes things is going to affect the way that your body, uh, I guess, creates energy and whatever. You know, you, if you have a, how do I say it? Just basically your, your mind uh, <laughs> is basically the driving force behind everything your body does, right? So my mind probably created this autoimmune disease in the first place and told my body what to do it's pretty crazy uh, do you listen to like any psychology podcasts or I anything do now yeah i've been yeah. i've been studying which which ones do you, do you listen to um michael gervais is probably the one i love I that guy the most yeah he's pretty fascinating um and uh I, i've been reading up on a bunch of books and like for some whatever reason like this is all the stuff that's been coming to me naturally is like all these people coming together and like these books and podcasts, whatever. Right. Where it's just like, yeah, you need to heal yourself right. through your mind basically. Cause you know, if, if, if I'm stressed out, if I'm mentally not in the right place, then my body's creating these chemicals, you know, that whether it's the cortisol or like chemicals to make me happy or sad or, but the stress ones are the ones that are, that cause these autoimmune diseases in a lot of ways. So if I can get a hold of my mind, um, I think that I can reverse this thing. And that's kind of where I'm realizing that the base is, you know, it, my mind kind of, and then the food and everything I put into it and my environment. And then, uh, and then everything else is kind of goes from there. And it's cool. Cause, cause I kind of feel like I'm working on my game still. Right. Um, like if I, if I can, like, I've always liked mindfulness in sports. And I think that's probably why I've been <coughs> successful or consistent um, in terms of winning and, and playing at the highest level. Um, cause I've always been pretty steady mentally, I think, or always been aware. Um, but I mean, shoot, this is taking it to a whole new level. Like I'm talking meditating for like trying to meditate for like 45 minutes. You're supposed to do 45 minutes a day, like, which is really, a lot, it's, it's a, a lot of meditation. 
but like if I can even take it to any next level, you know, and just keep learning. Um, when I come back on the court, it's going to be game over. And when Tri comes back, he can stay at Marriott Vacation Club Rentals, who offers the best vacation accommodation in the world's best vacation def- destinations. Wherever you travel, Florida to Hawaii, Tri, you're from Hawaii. Yes, sir. When you go to Hawaii, you can stay at Marriott Vacation. Oh, let's go. Sorry, Mom and Dad. <laughs> not staying at home anymore. Um, not staying at home. Staying at Marriott. Um, you can go to Europe, to California. Choose to rest in our luxurious guest rooms, suites, or villas for your next getaway. Villas offer all the comforts of home, including a full kitchen, living and dining area, and separate bedrooms. Stay with Marriott name you know and trust. Book big spaces in great places today. Visit www.mvcrentals.com. So there we have it. When you're in your volleyball travels, you can crash at a Marriott if you're not crashing on a buddy's couch, which we know all too well. Right. Do you have any good couch surfing stories? I feel like every volleyball player has like at least one story where they stayed in like with like 10 people in a single bed hotel. Oh, totally. Um, I feel like I've been like the golden child. I've, I've had it pretty smooth sailing. Um, I guess you got hooked up with a pretty good, not a sponsor, a, a partner yeah, right away. Right, right, right. Uh, but even before that, I was playing with Will Montgomery um, a good amount. We were traveling around. He's like the, the ultimate kind of a volley nomad guy. The, the grinder. Oh, yeah, the He's grinder. Eric Zahn before Eric Zahn. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if uh, Will wants that comparison, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was a good travel buddy. He kind of made it happen. We went to New Zealand, and but we, we like found like the best places somehow, like what was it? We were staying with some random family that was just like, they were volleyball fans and knew some of the players that we knew, put us up for the whole time we were in New Zealand and like fed us. And we had like great barbecues and we were sleeping downstairs on some like mats, but like that's standard. Hey, that works. But it was, it was a great, uh, great little setup we had there. And then, um, the best was, um, we went to Jersey and uh, we were traveling with Will Montgomery, Jer- Jeremy K. Spear, and I was with Jeff Carlson, playing with him at that time. And uh, it was uh, Gabby, my, my wife, now my wife, um, her family lives in Jersey. So me and Jeff went and stayed at Gabby's parents' place. And they, uh, it was like my birthday. So they brought us in, like put us up, gave us ice baths in between days in the tournament. Uh, cooked a steak that night. I think it was like my birthday that weekend or something. So like full royal treatment. That's awesome. <laughs> and we show up in the morning and they gave us a, a car to use as well. We show up in the morning to go pick up uh, Will and Jeremy where they were staying. And they were staying at a, like in, in a trailer in some random people's <laughs> backyard. <laughs> like the sketchiest little trailer, like fully grass grown over it and stuff. And we pull up in like a Beamer. Like, oh, yeah, they gave us the car, and we ate steak last <laughs> night. Like, how you guys doing? And they're just like, oh, I had to listen to Will snore all night, and it was hot, and the neighbors came out, and oh, that's pretty classic. That's fun. So I've, I've gotten pretty lucky. And speaking of Case Beard, too, so I guess uh, I'll kind of give you guys a rundown of some news that's on the beach. So Jeremy Case Beard, he actually just played with Bruno. Over yeah. in the uh, the Bonco I tour over there. How did that happen? Um, I don't know. I, I I played with him and and Mayor last Thursday, and he was like, 
I asked him how it was. He was like, you know, it's it's really nice when I go to block and it's a really hard hard driven ball. And I turned around. He's like, and the ball is just in my lap. He said every single dig, it was just right there. Yeah, Bruno makes it look easy for yeah, sure. He does. And then elsewhere on the beach, in a one-star FIVB last weekend in the Netherlands, Miles Evans and Billy Kulinski took a second. They lost to Marco Caminati and Enrico Rossi of, I believe, Italy. Yeah, Italy. And didn't uh, Caminati, he played with Rangieri when Adrian was out for a little bit, right? Yeah, exactly. I heard, I heard some rumors that they might... Actually, I don't know if that's true, but maybe I'm making it up. But yeah, that Caminati might be kind of climbing the ranks and trying to take a uh, swoop in on maybe Adrian's spot or I don't know. Italy's not very deep right now. They only well, have know, two teams, so I there's not that, much uh, space. The Caminiti and, and uh, Rangieri took either third or a fifth in the Long Beach World Series uh, two years ago. Yeah, yeah. So they did. that was like kind of a tryout. He did pretty right. well. Well, two, I think he played with Rangieri played with Caminiti two years in a row. Uh, in Long Beach, because Adrian can't come back home, or he can't come, not home, but can't come can't back come to back the here. States <laughs> once he left. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, Caminetti's a good player. Uh, I think we played, Hayden and I played Rossi as well. Um, just still raw, but pretty good player, both, yeah, both of them. I'd say so. So, I mean, pretty, really good showing out of Miles and Billy, though, coming out of the qualifier, losing their first set Is in that the a qualifier. one-star? One one-star. Okay. And then making the finals. And, and Billy and Miles kind of got robbed. So they qualified for a gnarly Norseka. I mean, it had Trevor oh, and yeah. Rosie. <laughs> it had Casey and Stafford. It had Mayor and Billy. Oh, they qualified man. together. Team split pool. Felt so bad and, for them. And I saw their video of their, them celebrating. Like, Bill's all stoked. Dude, like, so jacked up. That's why we work. <laughs> That's why we work so hard. And Miles is freaking. And then, like, a few hours later, I get the email from Sean Scott, like, the Norsecas have been canceled. Sorry, yep. you get you don't get your your entry fee back, and you don't get anything. <laughs> yeah, they didn't even get a participation trophy. Yeah, everyone's like, you know, <laughs> like like we don't get anything back. Can we like make it go to next year? He's like, no. Just Sean's just super short answers. Just nothing. No. And I mean that classic Norseka. I mean, for oh, that's one. standard. That's like 50% of the time. So I know that for everyone who complains about, you know, the AVP or the NVL being a little disorganized, just look at Norseka. Oh, it's so we have a pretty good. <laughs> how unorganized they are. Like it's you insane. show up and it's like technical meeting eight o'clock or else you're not, you can't uh, play in the tournament. So everyone shows up early. Is there like 15 minutes early? It starts 30 minutes late and you're like packed into a hot room. And then like maybe they won't even show up sometimes yeah so it's like, like there's oh there's, yeah whatever there's on time there's beach time and then there's norseka time norseka sometimes it just never exists yeah <laughs> that's like caribbean hawaiian time mixed <laughs> <laughs> and then on the women's side we had betsy flint and kelly larson they took a bronze kim DiCello and emily stockman took a fifth and then try i know a lot of people will be interested in your take on this so we had the uh little partner shuffle going on yeah. so your old boy johnny hyden is now playing with Theo Bruner. Stafford Slick is playing with Casey Patterson, and Billy Allen has picked up the big fellow Ryan Darty. So of, of those three, I mean, three pretty good teams there. Who do you who do you like the most out of those three? Man, okay, so Hayden, Theo, Casey, Stafford. I I think I like Theo and Hayden to be honest, because. This is a, 
I'm, it was a very calculated decision, I, I'm sure, from Haydn. I can't and, imagine that Haydn does many things that are not calculated. Yeah, exactly. And I, I've been sitting next to Haydn many times over the years when we watched Theo play, and, and he kind of just has these little comments of, like, God damn, like, he gets up <laughs> so high. Like, he's so good at this or that, or if he just did this, you know. Um, so now I think he's kind of licking his chops, like, oh, okay, I'm going to go ahead and try to take advantage of all these uh, abilities of Theo. Um, and then I'm sure he, you know, Theo's, he's kind of had like, it's just a unique style, you know, coming from being a middle blocker, he, he just has his own way that he, uh, goes about it on the beach. It's not like a, the traditional beach style. Um, but man, he's, he's physical and he's, uh, good at what he's good at. I'll just put it that way. Um, and when he's on, he's one of the best players in the world, which is why you've seen him like. He was in the semifinals of the world championships. Theo has never had like a, a non-elite partner. Everyone yeah. he's, he's partnered with. I mean, he had Rogers, Lucena, um, Casey. So yep. he's, he's just been partnering with one Olympian after the next. Yeah, exactly. So it's, uh, I mean, that shows you what, how, how much confidence he has in himself, which I think is most important. Um, but also other people see that talent in Theo. He hasn't been able to put it together consistently yet. That's from my point of view. Like I've seen, I see Theo and I'm like, unreal player, but like he needs to bring that. That's the thing about beach volleyball and why I've had a lot of success, especially with Hayden. We were consistent. We weren't the team winning every tournament necessarily, but we weren't taking bad finishes either. We were consistently at, at the top kind of. Um, and Theo has shown that he can win any tournament in the world but then there's also times when he's playing at a lower level so so his ceiling is there he's just got to bring up his floor yeah but now bit. you have him with mr consistent john hyden right. right and then he's kind of going to be able to put together a few of the pieces and Theo's a good partner um as long as he stays open and, and is listening which he obviously is going to uh, go into it uh trying to learn a lot from hyden so that'll be a fun that'll be a fun one yeah, and, and I never I, doubt Hayden, of I course. Think, <laughs> and I think what goes like, because I know that a lot of people had some question marks about that one, me kind of included, is that Hayden's always played with someone who is a really good setter. So mm-hmm. you hand set just nectar all day long, and then of you course. guys were running a really spread, yeah. uh, kind of fast offense, yeah. especially in transition. You know, you ran a lot of pin-to-pin stuff, and he, he had Doherty doing the same thing. Um, do you think that... Hayden's taking on like a developmental role a little bit here to kind of work Theo up because I know that, you know, you had never qualified for an AVP when Hayden picked you up and then you guys became one of the best teams in the world. Right. Uh, Darty was still is sort of raw in, in the setting aspect of the game. And now he's a really good setter considering his size or even not his size. And now yeah. we have Theo. So what do you think that, do you think Hayden is looking to kind of develop Theo into the next top tier American blocker? Um, yeah, I mean, you could argue that Theo's already right there, you yeah. know, as, as one of the top blockers, or he is one of the top blockers. But, um, yeah, I th- I'm sure he, he obviously sees something that he's excited about. Um, in terms of setting, like, yes, Hayden needs uh, he needs a set on the net and, like, can't be too tight with these huge blocks because um, he's not getting up like he used to. He still has his skills. He still knows if... The ball's in a general good area. He he can side out pretty much all day with his vision, um, and he can get it done. But um, yeah, it, like if you tail Hayden off the net, 
when he gets his and his feet are on the net and he's looking up at the ball at all, he loses that vision. He's kind of screwed with the way he is physically right now. He's not getting up huge like he used to. And um, when he hits, it's not really down. It's more just to blow the defender up or, you know, he's hitting different paces. Um, but in terms of partnering with Theo, I, yeah, I think he just sees all the, he sees all these other upsides and he's like, probably if I can just get Theo to set consistently, which I'm sure he thinks he can do, then he can use all these other tools of his game to, to complement, for them to complement each other. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hayden's definitely taken on the role of, of being a mentor and we've seen it more and more even since I've been with him the last four years the beginning it was like I was telling you earlier it's like Hayden's kind of keeping to himself a little bit more and and I was like feeling like I'm lucky to get in on the, all this information because Hayden started investing his knowledge in me um, but then over the years he's like kind of trying to share it with everybody and just kind of take on that role in in volleyball is like the old wise guy I guess right. you know <laughs> no offense Johnny but uh, he's the old wise guy and uh, I mean there's there's people players on the world tour that are asking John questions when we're at lunch and stuff, um, so he's kind of that guy in the volleyball world now, and um, I'm sure he he's looking to transfer that into coaching after this. So that'll be interesting for sure. And you know, I kind of want to backtrack you know to a little bit of your story. So you played with Hayden for a couple of years, and you guys were were awesome together. Like you said, you qualified for the Olympics, which. Mm -hmm. I hate the country quota. It's like one of my least favorite. Oh That's why God. I love the world championships is that, you know, it's almost just exclusively points-based yeah. and that it's the best tournament in the world. And I wish that that was how the – I get why they have yeah, to do it. Yeah, it's because it's not a volleyball event. It's a world sports right. event, right? All the world's – or all the top teams of all the different countries get to play each other in the Olympics. So it's – if it was a volleyball event, you'd have all the best volleyball play teams there, but it's not a volleyball event. It's a – volleyball event within, within a big sporting yeah. games you know and so i mean you guys you qualified for the olympics and then you were set you know to begin that new quad yeah. and then you were told that you couldn't play you know after all that work that you did too so how strange was it to watch Hayden play with darty uh it was uh like i said i was in an interesting state of mind coming off of that um now looking back on it, I'm like, wow, like that whole Olympic process actually did affect me a lot more than I knew because I'm just in that zone, you know? Um, but yeah, like we qualified for the Olympics and I ne never really gave myself credit for that just because like, like people say, yeah, you qualified for the Olympics. That's cool. I'm like, yeah, but I didn't play. So it doesn't matter. Like I'm not an Olympian. Um, now I'm starting to give myself a little credit. Like, are you qualified? That's pretty cool. Right. Um, and then, uh, and then after that, we went to the World Tour final, and we're, which is a harder event than the Olympics, right? Yeah, Because you sure. have all the top teams there. Um, and we were on the podium with Bruno and Alison two weeks after the Olympics. So it was, like, cool to see that. Um, and then what was your question? <laughs> I was just <laughs> asking, out. you know, how, uh, how odd it was to see Haydn play with someone oh, else. Yeah, and, yeah. like, you know, I don't know if you knew at the time how long you'd be out or if it was just – a temporary deal yeah no I thought it was a temporary thing um but then when I, when I started I watched him play in the Huntington final and I was just going down whatever like screw it I'm in my zone still um it's just another injury whatever but then I watched him play in the finals and it was like watching him get introduced without me 
that was like the first thing where I was like, wow, this sucks. Like I yeah. was, it was like getting real emotional watching it. I was up in the DJ booth and I was like, holy crap, I can't even watch this intro right now. Like watching Haydn get introduced with Doherty. And I didn't even know that I felt that way really. But I was like, wow, this like sucks. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, every final and every match I watched throughout the, or every tournament I watched from up in the, in the booth was like, actually it was pretty heavy on me uh, emotionally. Um, but now I'm just like looking back on it and like realizing that now. <laughs> right. So it's, it's kind of internalizing all of it over time, but it's been tough. And uh, it's cool to watch too, though. It's kind of fascinating to get the outside perspective, like watching hide and play uh, with a different partner and seeing different stuff that I would do or what I could bring to the table. And then maybe other stuff that these other guys are doing that are complimenting him well as well. And I think that like, just in my experiences, one of the most frustrating things you can do is watch a sport, you know, you can play better. So like it was so, I used to caddy for my little brother. (laughs) And so, and he would hit, and he's a better golfer than me, but he would hit these shots that were so dumb and I'd be like, if I were playing right now, we'd be like three strokes lower. <laughs> and so I'd imagine that you probably had some of that same feelings, especially when you were doing the live stream, you know, that coincided with like an FIVB four or five star where, you know, yeah. you had like the fifth and sixth seeds making the finals. And you were like, I, this is my tournament to win. Yeah. So did you have any of that where you were just like, what are they doing? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, most of it's just like, I don't know. It's it's kind of your ego trip jumping in on you um where you're just like you think i mean you have the intentions to do everything right so of course you think that that you're that every mistake they make you wouldn't have made you know right you you always play a flawless game in your head yeah exactly um so yeah for sure those thoughts were creeping into my head um but i was kind of trying to block it out but the thing that was bothering me or not bothering me but like in my head a lot throughout the year was and it's it's really stupid, but it's like the little competition I have with like my buddies out there, you know, and like seeing them like Trevor and Taylor, Taylor and Madison and Riley and all those guys, the Hawaiian guys that I grew up with. I was the guy, you know, like a few years ago. Um, and it's it's stupid. But uh, and then they all kind of were slowly coming out. And then all of a sudden they're, you know, they're doing well all of a sudden which I expected and I told everyone that they were going to, because I knew how good um, all those guys were. But then they start, now I'm cut off from playing all of a sudden and they have free reign at like winning tournaments and like Taylor's winning, Madison's winning. I'm like, in my, in my mind, my ego is just if like... If Ty Loomis is listening, you, you want to say hashtag never Trevor. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Trevor's almost winning. Uh, and I'm just like, God damn it, like, they're, they're getting chances to catch up to me and, like, stack up their wins and all that, but I don't even get an opportunity to play or match it. Um, but that's just another one of those things. There's stupid thoughts that creep into your mind you kind of got to ignore, and uh, and then you, you kind of switch it as well and, like, realize, like, that you're stoked for your friends. And, like, that's the other thing I realized this year is, like, I actually, like, like all the players on tour now. Before, yeah. it's like, I want <laughs> right. you all to lose. Like, I don't want to talk to you a, a lot of the time. Um, but now I'm like super happy for all my boys that are winning tournaments. Like Taylor and Madison got wins this year. Um, Riley's kind of coming into his own. Trevor's had a great year. He obviously it's frustrating. He hasn't gotten his win yet, but, um, also like watching Jake Gibb play with Taylor. I'm like, 
wow, I'm cheering for Jake Gibb for once. Because Casey and Jake were our rivals, basically, in my mind. Like, those, that's the team that uh, they took our Olympic spot, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just was cheering for them to lose all the time before. <laughs> and they were cheering for us to lose. Um, but it was nice to, like, Olympics is over. Everything's done. I'm not even playing. I can cheer for Jake Gibb for once and, like, appreciate all, how great he is. Cheer for Phil and Nick and Casey and all these guys. Um, so that's been kind of cool. Yeah. And, you know, as far as Jake goes, too, I feel like he's such an easy guy to root for. Um, yeah. Now that you, you can step well, back from Well, that's what I it. hated about him. I would play Is Jake and Casey. <laughs> and, and for some reason, they always get more love than me and Hayden. I, for whatever reason, you know. However, we come off to the fans uh, and Casey's dancing. So people love that. We play them and, and everybody loves Jake and Casey. We go overseas and these... When we're in Poland every year, these uh, little girls come up and they cheer for Jake and Casey every time. Jake and Casey, And it, I mean, that song's still in my head. Like, that's how much I hated it. And these girls are just, like, walking around the event, singing it at our event. And we lost to them in the quarters last time we were there. Just adding salt just, to the I, wound. I just want to <laughs> push these little girls in the lake right now. Oh, it was the worst. But they had a lot of fans, and I was always like, why the hell does no one want to cheer for us? <laughs> guess you got to dance yeah, a little I bit mean, more. I mean, Jake's, Jake's a lovable guy, and Casey, I guess he just entertains all the time. He does entertain. Yeah. And I, I think if there's a silver lining to look at, you know, kind of your year and, and injuries, that there couldn't be better timing for you to do it the first year of a new quad that, you know, international points-wise is – well, I guess Olympics-wise, is inconsequential. Right. Um, have you considered that, that, like, maybe it wasn't the worst thing that you could take a step back, kind of, like you said, get your mind right, look at the game in a different perspective, and even begin sort of a, a new little venture here in the media? Yeah. No, totally. Oh, there's so much good things that I can take from this. And, like, now that it's happened, I'm actually, like, I wouldn't trade it. I know it sounds kind of weird, but... Yeah, like, I mean, I've learned so much, and I just wouldn't trade it, all the knowledge that I've gained and the perspective I've gained um, to not have gone through this. Um, but first of all, it's not over. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I just think I'll be better off in the long run uh, when it comes down to it. And, and yeah, like, I've, I've learned a lot about myself, like, that I actually like uh, working in this kind of media zone a little bit I didn't know that I did at all but I just went for it just to do something and actually to be honest I started doing the live stream commentary because I'm like yes I'm gonna sit up here in the booth and watch all of you play and I'm gonna <laughs> talk over every point and just study you all and I'm gonna kill you when I come back <laughs> um, but then it turned into something like really entertaining and people started like actually giving me really good feedback and they were really appreciating like the inside perspective and my insight um, so I'm like, wow, like this is something that really has nothing to do with me playing as a player and it's, and I actually enjoy it. Like, wow, I guess I don't have to just be that one dimensional pro athlete that just like stays the path and does exactly what he's supposed to do. You know, I can kind of customize it and, and I'm going to bring that back, uh, that kind of mentality back when, if, and when, or whenever the hell I, I get back out on the court. Yeah, so where are you right now in terms of, of health? I mean, you just showed me your medicine cabinet, yeah. which is extensive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's about 80% herbs and supplements. But yeah, there's about 
I don't know, 30 pills there a day I'm taking. That's insane. It's crazy, yeah. Um, but so right now, I got my steroid, <clears throat> the prednisone, which is a steroid to keep the inflammation. I got that down to 20 milligrams at one point, which was the doc said, and that was about two months ago. The doc said, if you get down to 15, I can clear your workout. So I got from 80 down to 20. You're so close. And then, um, and then my level spiked the last time I went in with him. And he's like, all right, go up to 40. So that puts me back two weeks. And then uh, it happened again. The next time I came in, it didn't go down. So he put me back to 60. So I'm still on 60 right now. So do they know? Like, what makes it spike? Do you know? Do they know? Um, or is it still kind of mysterious uh, a little... We don't really know, to be honest. Um, we're ch- that's the thing about these autoimmune conditions. It's like very custom to your body. So like my body's just doing what it feels it needs to to sort of cope going into self preservation. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we're we're just trying to figure out where he's uh, Doc's kind of introduced a few different medicines in and trying to see which one sticks and which one helps and all that. Um, but we're kind of just learning um, right now and trying out different things, trial and error. Um, but to be honest, I'm not really all that close to being able to work out again. Um, and that's part of my uh, treatment plan is to not work out at all. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Which is, if anybody really knows me, is like my rest from volleyball and working out is like surfing. Which is like most people's like, like hard workout. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't stop. That's not, that's not possible for tri- the old Triborn. Right, but now, uh, especially after my Bali trip, I got this mindfulness uh, Zen. thing going in. I'm reading every day. I'm just trying to stay still. I haven't hit up Trevor or any of them to go surf or golf in the one week I've been back. Um, so that's kind of the plan. I'm just, I'm like just committing and like, all right, this body doesn't want to move. I'm gonna sit it down and somehow calm this mind and uh, figure out a way for it to heal. Right, and I feel like it's got to be tougher not to work out because like if you have a broken leg, like you physically can't run. Yeah. Right. But you know, you can, you can walk just fine. Right. right? So like, have you ever been tempted just to be like, I really want to work out right now. Oh, I, and I've, that's what I've, like what would what happen if you went and played, like if you just played like four or five games down in Hermosa? Oh, I'd be crushed. Um, well, first of all, my strength's pretty bad. Right. Um, and I have done a few physical activities. Like I was in Bali, like, Come on, I'm not going to go not surf. I was at Uluwatu, like a world famous right. surf break. So I paddled out and just like promised myself just relaxed paddling, like as mellow as walking, like that much effort I'm going to put into it. And then I got caught inside on like a head high set where I'm like, oh, crap. If I don't <laughs> paddle right now, I'm about to get dragged onto the reef. So I had to paddle. Um, but it's like this. It's It's like I get, you know, that feeling when you work out really hard like you went two hours hard in the gym and you worked out all the way to failure your body's just your muscles are failing uh, like at the end of a bench press and you just can't press it anymore right I get to that like almost right away and then I also it's almost like that point where you feel like your muscles are about to cramp but like I'm almost always there when I have inflammation like that's what it feels like so I'm like (laughs) Something's obviously wrong with me because I feel like I just did like the gnarliest workout in the world. And then if I push through that, I get to this point where my recovery is like five hours, like where I'm like, 
just zonked. Yeah, yeah like I, I can't get off the couch. Like I'm just like fetal position. Like want to just nap for like, I would do it when I was working out with my trainer in the Valley. Instead of driving home, I would just like curl up on his mat and just lay there until I could for like an hour after um, just because I was that tired. Um, but that's just like the inflammation. I, I don't understand the biology of it exactly. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> Do, so, I mean, would you said it, you know, once you get down to 15 milligrams, you can be cleared to work out. Yeah. Would that, would working out though, I'm assuming that you couldn't just like jump right back in, you know, doing two and a half sand work, two and a half hours of sand yeah. workouts. Like, would that make it spike up again now? Um, I don't know. That's I guess that be part of the, be seen. Yeah, yeah, that'll be part of the trial and error. But no, I'm not going to be stupid with it and jump right into it like I normally would. Um, I mean, like I said, like everything I'm learning now, this mindfulness and this uh, listening to my body, this self-awareness, I'm bringing all this back into my training, into my practice, like even learning volleyball and understanding the game itself and the ebbs and flows of it. I'm bringing all that back. So I'm not going to... I'm going to listen to my body this time and not push it um, anywhere it doesn't want to go. Even if I have a tournament next week, but my body doesn't want it, my body takes priority, you know. Um, but I I just have a really good feeling that that's all going to transfer into more success on the court. You know, it's not going to be like I have to sacrifice and not work hard anymore or any of that. Because right. I'm kind of obsessed with working hard, I've noticed, like most professional athletes are. Um so that's there. I don't have to worry about working hard and, and uh, guilt trip myself, you know, like, like a lot of us would. Um, I think I can just apply all this new knowledge that I've learned when I get back, and, uh, and it's just going to be for the best. And if my body's in an optimal state, if it can get back to where it was, like, it can, it can do some pretty amazing things, you know. So we'll see. We'll but see. As of right now, honestly, I'm, I'm not even... I'm not even a month away from hitting the gym, like work, like starting to work out at all. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's longer, but I mean, I'm not going to count myself out either. I'm not going to put any uh, negative energy towards it. Um, but I'm kind of okay with whatever happens at this point. I'm just fully embracing everything that's happening and, and taking it in as a learning experience, kind of trying to be grateful for it. And then uh, I just have a good feeling about, whatever happens after that. So what does, what does like a, a typical day look like for Triborn right now? Oh man. You mean the oh. last, since I got back from Bali? <laughs> right. Non-honeymoon <laughs> non days. Oh dude. Uh, well, before I left, let's say before the wedding, cause that was like the whole last year. I was just kind of, uh, looking for any opportunity to learn something new, uh, create new opportunities for myself. So I was still working really hard. But now with all this new uh, kind of info I got and this whole new approach, I'm basically trying to reset everything. So I'm trying to wake up every day and kind of do like a body check and like connect my brain with my body. And like just basically you're just kind of scanning your body for like how it feels. So you're becoming aware kind of, of all these other feelings, like, am I stressed out? You don't really notice you're, that you're stressed out or if you're stressed out unless you, like, sit down and, like, just, like, pay attention, like, wow, my heart rate's up because I'm really anxious because I feel like I need to go do something and be productive. Like, that's not good that I'm just sitting all day with this, like, 
raised heart rate and stress, you know, because I'm anxious because I'm not doing anything. So I need to, basically what I'm trying to do is get rid of that because that stress itself is what's holding me back from healing from this autoimmune disease. Um, so I'm starting with that, starting the day with that kind of stuff. I brought back all my incenses from, I know it sounds like I'm going full on Buddha, but <laughs> it's kind of nice. Um, and uh, brought back my incenses that you see over here from Bali. I got my juicer like fully like, just like making sure I get the right breakfast in in the morning and all the supplements and nutrients. What are, you throwing, what are you throwing that green juice in case anybody from back home wants to eat like Triborn? So this was, uh, there's actually a doctor in Bali that I talked with, a really good naturopathic doctor, and she made this one kind of custom for me. It's turmeric, ginger, um, cucumber, asparagus, actually. You can't taste it. Um, and then I threw some apple... Um, beets. Some beets? Beets in there. Um, Dwight Schrute oh, style? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, parsley and... Uh, what's the other one called? Parsley and... The other green I'm, one. I'm out of my field now. Yeah, I forget. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Uh, kind of just throwing anything in there. If it's green, it's usually good for you. It's a good way to go about it? Yeah. So that's where I'm at. It's all. This is all new to me. This is the new Triborn. Um, but I'm going with it. Because I'm, I'm kind of bought into the fact that this is probably, the, I mean, I've tried a, a bunch of things, right? I've, I've rested for a year. Right. I've been on these drugs for a year. It's not working. So either I need to take the next step or, you know, I can keep pushing through it and keep going surfing and doing what I've always done to have fun. But it's really just masking all this other crap. So instead, I'm just kind of internalizing it all trying to put it all in perspective and then then I can kind of find the right path to attack uh, this anxiousness to like be productive and like I mean I don't have a job right now really um, so yeah it's just uh, learning day by day has anyone approached you uh, to coach him I feel uh, like that you'd probably be a pretty good candidate for that yeah that's true um, no not really uh, maybe a few people have kind of mentioned it here and there, but no one's asked me to coach them. Last year, I coached Trevor and Rosie, but that was more because I asked them. I was like, like I said, in the beginning of the year, I was like, like selfishly, like just sitting there like, yeah, let me coach everybody and I'm going to study and <laughs> like, I'll give Trevor and Rosie all my, everything I got for one tournament, but I'm really like, I'm just going to learn and like see everything differently. And, you know, it was like my trick to just getting better and learning more about the game. Um, and I still think that's true. Like, it could totally help me to, you know, they always say, like, the best way to learn something better is to, like, teach it, right? Something like that. Um, at least that's what I told Riley McKibben in college when when I needed his help uh, studying for tests. I was like, dude, the best way for you to learn is to teach me. Is to show me all, everything <laughs> you got. Me, yeah. Because <laughs> he, he was super smart, and I struggled a little bit in school. But that actually worked. I don't know if he believed me, but I told him that, and, and Riley helped me get through a little bit. And then you guys anyway. both ended up at USC. <laughs> and, and we graduated. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Riley. And now before we get to our last segment of the show, which will be some fan questions, going to give another shout-out to our sponsors. 
we have Marriott Vacation Club Rentals offers the best vacation accommodation in the world's best vacation destinations. Wherever you travel, Florida to Hawaii or Maryland, my hometown if you feel like going out there, Europe to California, choose to rest in our luxurious guest rooms, suites, or villas for your next getaway. Villas offer all of the comforts of home, including a full kitchen, living, and dining area, and separate bedrooms. Stay with the Marriott name you know and trust. Book big spaces in great places today. Visit www.mvcrentals.com. All right, we promised some fan questions to end the podcast, and the good thing about me is that I was a huge fan of you, and still am, and then now I get to ask you all the questions I want. So like you asked Riley to teach you, I'm just kind of picking your brain here. Um, So our our first fan question is from Dylan Hugh. Uh, We've been over a fair amount of this, but we'll, uh, we'll see if you have anything else to offer. What are some ways to improve while battling an injury? Um, yeah, like I said, there's, there's a lot of ways. Um, for sure it, it, the hardest thing when you're playing is, is that you have all this energy and like physical activity that you're doing. So you're not really slowing down and like watching like the small parts of the game. And I know a lot of us will sit down and watch film, which is great. Like I think you need to watch film when you're injured and, and go watch as much volleyball as possible, but more to just pay attention more to like the small, small details uh, that maybe some players are, are paying attention to more than others. Um, and what then, would and be, then, I guess I kind of just want to magnify that for a second. What would be some of these small details? Yeah, so like, uh, for example, for me, it was, uh, let's say I was you know, up doing the live stream this whole year. And uh, something I, wa- I could see from above, like the bird's eye view of the court, was how certain players have really good spatial awareness of the court. Like, for example, you'll see, like, Brooke Sweat going over on one a lot, or, like, uh, Laura Ludwig does it, or, like, these players that'll go over on one or just, like, um, will push their first pass to the right side of the court or the left side of the court based on where the other team is in transition, and just like noticing the different uh, spaces that are open on the court. And like a lot of times, so I'll get a ball and I'll just pat, like I'm not looking at the other side of the court yet, right? Or what situation they're in. If I want to speed up my game or slow it down, I'm more just like, oh, I got the first ball, so I'm going to pass it up here. And then my partner's going to set me over here. And then I'm going to worry about what the defense is doing at that point on the third contact. Rather than realizing it right away, I mean, maybe both those guys are in transition and on the ground, and I want to go over on one, or I'm going to go over on two, um, or I'm going to force my my setter to just hit it over on two, or whatever. You know, just being more aware of that like opens up so many more opportunities. Whether it's two per set, like that's huge, right? How many matches are lost by one or two points? Especially at at the high level, I or mean, two, two per set <laughs> is massive. I guess you can't lose by one point. <laughs> <laughs> True. But the one point that loses it for you, yeah. Right. Um, that's one thing that I kind of realized this sh- uh, this year, and I'm kind of like, wow, that, that's cool that I learned that from the outside or just, like, have that different perspective. But it's just broadening your perspective. That's what you can do when you're out. It's just – it's not necessarily learning new stuff a lot of the time because a lot of times you know this stuff, but you don't – you're not comprehending it, um, like, at a game speed. 
So more just becoming familiar with those small nuances. Um, and then you learn stuff from other players by watching. Um, but there's really an infinite ways that you can get better. It's just about applying yourself and, yeah. More of the, the mental side of things. Yeah, exa- I mean, that's obviously where my mind's at right now. Right. Because I have to legitimately stop my whole body from yeah. doing anything. So it's, it's all mental for me right now. And now question number two. This is from David Vandermeer. He's the, uh, the dad of one of my favorite partners, D.R. Vandermeer, who uh, I think he picked up his first main draw win this year in Manhattan before getting knocked out to Ed Ratledge and Eric Zahn. He said, will you be playing in 2018? And then he had a follow-up that I'm looking forward to the answer to. Will Travis be your partner? <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually don't know the answer to either of those. I... I can't say if I've been, I'll be playing in 2018. Like I'm, I'm not going to count myself out, but I'm not going to put that pressure on myself either. Um, I'm really just letting the process take place and uh, uh, just kind of enjoying all the, the good things that actually come with it. Um, and uh, at whatever point my body lets me get back out on the court is when I'll start training. And I'm, at that point, I'm going to build my body up the way that I want to. Uh, the way that I want it to perform, and then, uh, you know, build my game back up the way that I want it. You know, it's going to be a different teammate, a different, maybe a coach, maybe not, maybe I'll, I'll be the coach, but uh, I'm building it all from scratch, and I'm not in any rush. I want to do it the right way, and uh, it's going to be real, 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 real. <laughs> real, real. And real, real. How old are you again? 29, 28. 28. Yeah. 28. So if you're on the, the John Hyden Green Juice plan, you still have like 45 more years of prime yeah, exactly. time volleyball. Exactly. Nick so no, Lucena, <laughs> no need to rush. Nick Lucena texted me the other day, just being a nice guy that he is. He's, he's always been real supportive. But he's like, uh, I didn't uh, make my first uh, FIVB main draw till I was 30, so you're good. And I didn't start winning till I was 35 on the FIVB and then he that's a good text to get yeah it was a good text Nick sent a few good ones like that for me um and he's also and then he also said he said I'm not retiring until until I get to play you again and I'm not gonna shoot one ball (laughs) I'm hitting every (laughs) ball I was like perfect I was like and then I told him I was like just uh just keep that big thin beast in front of you and you don't need to retire anytime soon (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, Phil Phil can help carry anybody for for an extra twenty years of volleyball. Yeah, really. <laughs> no, for sure, he ain't slowing down at all. But I'm not uh, I'm not checking anyone off the list either, Travis. Everyone, everything's up in the air, partner wise and everything. So I'll be watching. There and I did go. watch you play uh, what Manhattan Quali last year. You got which, some skills, dude. <laughs> I appreciate that. You got which, some size. Which match, which match did you see? Uh, one of the quality, I don't know. We played, we had, a, we had a couple good ones in Manhattan. We ended up losing to uh, Derek Olson and Brian Cook in the third. Ah, uh, yeah, It yeah, took yeah. like an that might hour have been that and a one. half. Oh, was that the the evening match? Yeah. No, I watched the one before that, actually. With but I heard about the... Mesco and Del Sol. Yeah, I think it was maybe that. Yeah, it was, um, it was a fun day. Yeah, dude, you got skill. I, I, I mean, I was thinking of you as a writer before I saw you play. I was like, yeah, all right, this funny. kid's just having fun, whatever. <laughs> but then, like, you're physically built. I mean, you kind of built like me, right? Yeah, we and that's why I watch more film on you and Trevor mm-hmm. really than anyone else because we're about the same size. Yeah. Me and Trevor are the exact same height, different builds for sure. Right. He's all biceps. 
Uh, Curls for the girls. Yeah, exactly. And his style is much different than mine as well. Like, it's good to watch, actually, because we have, I think we have different skill sets. We can both do it all, but, like, Trevor's, he just, like, it's very instinctually good. He yeah. just, it's, it's not pretty, but he puts his hands in the right spot and, like, somehow gets it done really he's just, well. He's just very effective. Yeah, he sees the court really well, super good instincts, and just, yeah, just effective. Um, and I'm a little different than that, but... Yeah, dude. You it's, got, you it's, got, it's funny, too, watching. that you mentioned that you were like, you know, I thought you were just a writer just having fun because the first time I practiced with Mayer, I was like, hey, I'm Travis, and he, he didn't really connect the dots between the writer Travis and oh, right. the kid he was meeting, and so I, I texted him after, and I was like, hey, thanks for having me out, and he goes, oh, you're that Travis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, it's good to know that uh, being seen, I guess, a little bit less of a gimmick yeah. writer guy. Well, no, dude. I mean, you're. it's kind of, like, sick to see what you're doing because – you're like I was saying earlier, you're not like going, I'm kind of over that whole like thing where you have to go through the exact same pipeline as everyone else to right. be a beach volleyball player. Like you're freaking good at what you do writing. That's what, that's what, when I hit you up, I was like, I think I just like shot you a text like, damn dude, you're, or a message like you're writing super good. Like keep doing it. Cause it's, it's a w- really cool perspective for our sport. And we don't really have that. I feel like. Right. Um, but like the fact that you're just attacking like your passion with writing and then doing volleyball as just a whole nother separate passion of yours is like really cool. Um, and I think that's why it's working so well. Yeah. Just um, trying to, you're not like forced having fun. You're not like, yeah, you're not like die hard stressing out. Like if I'm not the top player on tour, then I'm not going to do it kind of thing, you know? Right. Um, you have to enjoy it and, uh, I think you're doing good. The writing's that. legit, so everyone tune into this guy's writing because uh, it it gives a way better perspective. I think like how you like t- told everyone that Trevor's the villain this year, and like I don't know, it, it's just a way better perspective, and it's really like real. It's, this is the stuff that we kind of see the way that we see things, rather than that. Like I feel like no one wants to say anything bad in beach volleyball. You know, like other sports right. will be like, oh yeah, um, like you know like Stephen A. Smith and all these guys on the ESPN, they're like just throwing out crazy shit just so like, just to create an argument or a conversation um, and then trying to piss off the athletes to get a reaction out of them. For us, it's like everything's nice, dandy roses. Like, oh, you played well today, but uh, you know, how did, uh, how did you feel? And, and then every athlete's like, oh, I was, you know, I, I worked hard and I uh, just gave it 100%, and uh, that's about it. Just the one like, cliche. You know, after we need the to next. dig deeper. Like, there's some dirt to be dug up, and uh, you're the guy to do that. It's it's weird, too, because, like, when I write something that is sort of on the edge, I get a little nervous because, I mean, I'm writing about him, which is fine. And as a journalist, like, I don't really have too much of a problem, but then I'm like, oh, do you want to train this week? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> so, it. like, uh, nope. no, dude, don't, don't, don't let that get to you. There's <laughs> plenty of people to play with. Because we're reading it, and we're like, yes, finally someone writes it real, you know? Puts right. it out there. Um, yeah, so, dude, do your thing. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it, it's been Block fun. everyone else's out. No judgment. This, which is great. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we have uh, another fan question for you. We'll do two more, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap up our first episode here. This is from Steve Norman back in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. He says, who is your favorite beach player and why? And I guess we'll leave that a little bit open-ended. You can take that international american current all time whatever you want right. to shoot for well you can choose triborn ooh 
Who's my favorite player? I'll go with a different player other than myself. Um, my favorite player in the world is, is probably Bruno, to be honest, right now. Um, just because his uh, consistency and his control, he just has a lot of, like I was talking about earlier, is like that body awareness. If you watch the way he moves, he's always under control. There's intention behind every move he makes why he's sitting in a certain spot. And, uh, and I think a lot of it comes down to his mindset. He's very mentally dialed in, in the zone. There's no distractions. He's not the guy out there, uh, you know, partying, socializing before events. Like he, I mean, which doesn't mean you kind of get a stigma like, oh, why? you know, beach volleyball, people want to be like that party guy kind of. Right. But um, Bruno just is completely a professional athlete and He's just like, you can tell that he sees what's going on to a little higher level than everybody else he's playing against. And that's kind of what I like. I want to I want to kind of be at that level. And I've spoken with Bruno uh, How's his English? over the years. Oh, it's good. It's, I mean, he's got the Brazilian accent, but it's, right. it's fine. Um, the best is when the Brazilians say stoked. They say <laughs> stoked. <laughs> yes, I'm, very, I'm just very stoked to be here. <laughs> But uh, other than that, no, Bruno's, yeah, I just like his, um, just his control mentally and physically. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I think Bruno's probably probably the most popular pick. I think I would probably go with Giannis uh, Smedens. Smedens, yeah. He's a beast, man. Those guys are just, uh, just confident. He's like 6'2", split blocking on the world tour. That's true, yeah. And winning. That's true. That's a whole nother... That's kind of something I, uh, I like to. I don't look at myself as a Bruno type of player at all because he's very obviously a specialized defender. Um, I look at myself more of like a Smedens kind of type where I could split if I wanted or play D if I wanted. Right. Um, so yeah, man, Smedens from Latvia. Those guys are just they're just confident. Like you, they go up against any team in the world. You can tell that they just like yeah we're we'll probably win. Like I'm. I know I can beat this team any given day. Um, I think they're not as consistent as they could be, uh, which <laughs> says a lot because they are pretty consistently right. at the top. But like when I see them play, I'm like, they could have podiumed like all these tournaments, and there's a few matches where they've taken off. But Smittens is that good, and he's a lefty and has a freaking cannon. Right, I'm always always biased towards lefties. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> you got your lefty. And then we'll have our last fan question of the day. This is from my boy Ben Vaught, who had an awesome first year on the AVP tour. He was uh, he was 20 all year, and he qualified, I think, in five of eight. So he had a good little start. Oh, yeah. um, he says, when looking for a partner, do you look purely for skill, or do you look more for the mental, emotional stuff? How much of each do you take into account? Okay, so first of all, it's something I've been thinking about for this last past year or so. Um, in terms of skill, I think you look at it all. Um, in terms of skill, you want some. You don't want to have to change your game, right? You you constantly want to build your game to be better, um, so that you can, you know, keep growing as a player. But you really want to take advantage of your strengths, right? So like, work on your strengths focus on your strengths and then add in these other skills that, and work on your weaknesses a little bit, but don't focus on them, right? 
you don't want to dwell on your weaknesses and like my game sucks because I'm not good at this thing. Instead, focus on my game's good because I'm good at these things and I can win with my strengths. So with your partner, you want to have make sure that your partner complements your strengths first of all, and then you guys can work on the weaknesses and all that together. But if his strengths don't work with yours, like I hit on two really well. I like hitting quick on two. Um, if I have a partner who can't set on two in transition or transition off of a dig or a, a shot and put me up on two, then I'm wasting that whole part of my game, right? So you look at those things, someone that complements your strengths. And then for me, I'm thinking even more and more how important it is, um, is yeah, mentally. This is a guy, especially if you're going to play at the highest level, you're going to travel around the country and the world with this guy. You're going to be on airplanes with him, eating every dinner, sleeping in the same room. I mean, it was me and Hayden. It was like a 40-year-old and a 23-year-old, 24-year-old, right? Um, and it worked well. But like, I mean, now looking back on it, I'm like, that's that's a pretty big contrast there that I was, you know, living with this, basically just living and traveling with this guy um, all year long. And um, if it's negative, if there's negativity, luckily there wasn't much between us. There's no really no tension between us. Um, but if there is tension there, that's going to take a toll on you. Like throughout a whole year, if you're living in the same room with this guy. Um, so just keep that in mind, that you're spending a lot of time with this person. So they need to be helping you become that person and that athlete that, that you want to become. And then obviously on the court, they have to compliment your they have to make you happy to play. You have to be excited to play with this person, not just like, well, he's a high seed and I'm a high seed and we both have points, so we're going to play together. That's, to me, just kind of selling out for taking the easy way out. Uh, and in the long run, it's not going to work out for the best. So, does, it, does it frustrate you to see all the guys playing the points game? Um, I don't know if it frustrates me. I don't really care what everyone else does. Right. Um, but I definitely have taken that into my own brain, like, screw it. Me and Hayden were obviously Hayden didn't play the points game with me, right? I had zero points um, when he picked me up. We were in the country quotas within f the. I think we won the fourth Grand Slam of the year in 2013. We just said screw it. Like, here's the country who cares quotas. about the points and the country quotas and all this crap? Let's just go win. You know, this is the team we want to be a part of. So let's just go win. Like that's why we're partnering up in the first place. Who cares who we have to play or if we have to play one more match? Um, so, yeah, I think you for sure don't take all the points and all that into consideration if you have the ability to have that ideal partnership with someone. Um, so, yeah, I'll be I'm, – I'm learning as well, and I have zero idea about who I'm going to be playing with when I come back, um, but that's not even in my mind right now because i got to – Lots to figure out. Just working your way back first. Yeah, exactly. Right on. And then one more shout out to our sponsors. You are listening to the Sandcast Beach Volleyball with Triborn and Travis Mawarder, presented by Marion Va Marriott Vacation Club Rentals, and brought to you by VolleyballMag.com. VolleyballMag.com is your daily digital news source for all things volleyball, from NCAA women and men to beach volleyball on all levels to international and more. VolleyballMag.com, the only media outlet that covers our sport on all fronts every day. And Marriott Vacation Club Rentals offers the best vacation accommodation in the world's best vacation destinations. 
Wherever you travel, Florida to Hawaii, Europe to California, choose to rest in our luxurious guest rooms, suites, or villas for your next getaway. Villas offer all, all the comforts of home, including a full kitchen, living, and dining area, and separate bedrooms. Stay with the Marriott name you know and trust. Book big spaces and great places today. Visit www.mvcrentals.com. All right, try. Well, we have uh, about wrapping it up here. Wow, we did it. How'd episode number one go? Are we uh, officially podcasters? I guess so. I think you, you can add that to the resume. I have a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tries employed again. Yes. I'm having fun with the media stuff. I mean, you, you got pretty good at, at the media. I mean, talking by yourself on a live stream for like, what, 10 to 12 hours oh, yeah, is was, not easy. That was a little much. I probably won't do every <laughs> match unless AVP wants to... Uh, you know, uh, put a little more incentive in there for me, but, uh, no, I enjoyed it. And, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't know that I liked doing this stuff, but you were I funny. Got some insight, I remember so was New York, well was New York your first one? Yeah. That was I was, hilarious. I was cracking up. So I was at work and I had it on in the background, just listening <laughs> And when you called Ed, Ed Ratledge's deep angle swing oh, the yeah. wet noodle, dude, oh, yeah. I started, but I like spit my water <laughs> out. I was, I was dying. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Ed, I talked to Ed after that. He was like, that, I mean, first of all, that guy's so classic. Oh, he's I kind of felt bad because I was just like putting it all out there. And when I talked to Donald, first of all, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I just sat up there and they put a mic on me. I was like, all right, see what happens. Let's Donald's see how like, we do it. Yeah, just like, just. Be entertaining. Like, say whatever. I don't care if you, like, swear or what, if you do something wrong. Just, like, just fucking put it all out there. Just I was like, it. all right, Donald. So I just, like, was saying whatever the heck came to my head. And <laughs> looking back on it as I learned more about how it works, I'm like, all right. Like, I'm definitely a rookie going into that. But I think I got better every every uh, uh, tournament. And uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we can keep growing with it. It's just... A, a new thing you know so yeah and it was really popular i mean that thing got hugely popular by the end of the year i hope that the avp adds like a couple more at least one more live stream so like because like sometimes you get a snoozer on stadium like phil and nick would be beating a qualifier right. team like 21 to 5 yeah, yeah, you know, yeah i would rather see like you know the six and seven seeds playing each other yeah. you know somewhere out in the boondocks but right so hopefully we can add a couple more in there i think they were they were actually they were super stoked on it like the feedback they got in new york they were showing me emails like right after the event, like people emailing them, like you have to keep doing it and keep building it. So they got all stoked and brought me on kind of full time. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely seeing excitement with Josh Glazebrook and um, Donald and all them. Um, so it for sure stay tuned on that and it, it'll keep growing. And AVP is just, they're growing at their own speed, but slowly getting moving there. forward. So uh, it should be fun. And, and uh, if I'm not playing, I'll be uh I'll be on there. And we'll be doing this. And we'll be doing this. So you guys gotta follow us. Try to keep our social media dialed in on it as yeah, well. Yeah, where can uh where can the listeners find you on social media? Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um I uh, you can find me at Triborn pretty much on all of it. Twitter and Instagram at Triborn and then uh Facebook is I think I have a f- my fan page is Triborn High, H I Hawaii. Um but yeah, check it out. I'll try to keep it updated. Try to kind of give a little bit more of a inside look into everything, especially as season rolls around. Right now, I'm I'm kind of boring to be honest. Like I don't have that much going, <laughs> uh, so I'm not gonna just put like me making veggie smoothies on uh, 
on the Instagram. But uh, <laughs> today on the Triborn Green Juice, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have kale. But uh, no, I try to keep it real, keep everyone posted on what's going on, and then in season it can kind of like give a little uh, inside perspective behind in players' tents and with players and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so it'll be fun. So we'll uh, we'll keep checking back in here once a week. So give us a follow, give us a review on iTunes when we get it up there, and we'll catch you guys next week. Yeah, go ahead and share it with uh, with all your other volleyball fans as well, and give us feedback. We'll I'll try not to talk so much the rest of the episodes. <laughs> I think we're gonna have some whoever, whatever yeah, guests we'll we can be, have. We'll be on. having guests, new guests each week, guys, gals. We'll be having representatives from the AVP, hopefully. Yeah. So we'll have them My all. dog wants to jump on your lap. And right now celebrate. we have, uh, maybe our next guest will be Tri's dog. There he is. <laughs> uh, this is Bentley. Yeah. Yeah. He's celebrating by jumping on your lap. Okay. <laughs> anyway. All right, guys. We will catch you next week on the Sandcast. Peace. Audio.